Welcome to Conversations for Life, a marriage and family podcast from Cross Life with hosts Jonathan and Kathleen. Each episode, we sit down and talk about things that matter most to those that matter most to you. We're so glad you're with us today. Please pull up a chair and join us in the conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Conversations for Life. Today, we are joined by Dr. Roberta Gilbert to talk about family systems. Dr. Gilbert is a psychiatrist whose primary interest is in Bowen Family Systems Theory and its applications to individuals, families, organizational leaders, and therapists. She's the author of five books that deal with applying Bowen theory to life, including Extraordinary Relationships, which grew out of her work with families and individuals. And her second book, Connecting with Our Children, is a story of the principles of Bowen Family Systems Theory for parents. She's the founding director of the Center for the Study of Human Systems and is on the faculty of the Bowen Center for the Study of the Family and a life fellow of the American Psychiatric Association. So, Dr. Gilbert, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor. We're really excited. Um, so, uh, we'll just go ahead and jump in and uh, have a great conversation. Um, so, and, and on Conversations for Life, we've talked about family systems before. We've uh, talked about just with Jonathan and me. Um, we've had conversations with Jenny Brown. Um, so, for our listeners, this is something that they may or may not have heard about very much. But most of us, in general, in our society, are trained to see ourselves as individuals. But in doing so, many of the internal and external problems that we face remain elusive. So, Dr. Gilbert, could you talk about the vital change that a family or that a systems approach uh, brings to us as far as understanding individuals and families and uh, the way we see our relationships and our problems? Sure. Um, it's a little more complex. In fact, it's quite a bit more complex, but it's worth the effort to look at a system, a social system, instead of an, only an individual. I think most of psychiatry, if not all of psychiatry up to the time I started, was it, um, ha- had adopted pretty much the medical model. Uh, mm-hmm. You have a disease. Let's look at that disease and see how we can, uh, you know, get rid of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. with antibiotics or whatever. But um, really, as you pointed out, it, it, it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but um, what people looking into and listening to people's stories, what they learned was that uh, you really can't understand an individual unless you understand the the family system in which that individual percolates. Hmm. So the more I can understand about the person's family and close friends, the more I understand that individual and the the stresses that are weighing in on that person. Now, of course, in later years, we've learned that stress, psychic stress and all kinds of stresses are very important to producing symptoms in an individual. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, is that more than you wanted to know? No, I think it would be, I'd love to hear, you know, especially with your obvious training expertise as a a psychiatrist, uh, and maybe it might help our listeners to bring it down to a world of, you know, uh, illustration. 
So, you know, can you maybe highlight the difference between maybe the, the if one call the old school approach um, and a family systems approach to someone who comes in to you um, with the symptoms of, let's say, depression and anxiety? How would how would a family systems approach look different than the traditional approach? But I think still many people, don't, I mean, I know that, in my opinion, the vast majority of people, when they think of psychiatry, when they think of counseling, they default to that, to that, you might say, the original individualistic model. And I don't think they even realize the difference, even when we talk about it in, in these terms. So maybe a, an illustration would help. Right. Well, um, it, it doesn't really matter what the symptom is, uh, but the, the typical one that you've brought to me today is about children. And uh, I can say from my years in practice, and I'm mostly retired now, but I do some uh, coaching, um, that children who come in are usually, with symptoms, are usually reacting to anxiety in their mom and dad. Mm. Um, and when that gets addressed, and some moms and dads will address it, and some won't, uh, but when that gets addressed and, and um, calmed down and when the family leaders of the family, who are the emotional leaders of the family, are mom and dad, and when they get uh, their emotions calmed down and their issues resolved, these symptoms in the kids just disappear. So usually you're saying, I think the, the, the traditional, maybe a parent will think, my kid has X problem, so I'm going to take them to a psychiatrist or a counselor to get that fixed. And you're saying exactly. family systems approach is, well, wait a minute, though. Usually the problems that are being manifest in a child are actually stemming from um, anxiety produced by the mom and dad. Anxiety produced in the, in the system. Now, the mom and dad may not be producing the anxiety, but they may be carrying it on to the child. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's good, important clarification. And yeah, so that's, it might be coming down. Sometimes the, the anxiety is coming down through the, genera- through the generations, yes. Can you actually speak to that for a moment? Yeah, that generational aspect? Yeah, well, you know, we get anxiety. We pick up, as parents, we pick up anxiety from many places. Uh, we can pick it up from, from work situations. We can pick it up from our generations, a, a problem in a relationship with a, with a brother or sister up the generations or with our, with our um, parents, our parents-in-law. And until those things get resolved, sometimes they get very, very intense. Hmm. And uh, then they can get passed down to the children in a, a kind of a focus on the child that relieves the parent of worrying about the original problem. Does that make sense? Well, it's That's so different from I think, the way we're trained to think of ourselves in our culture. Yeah, it's a whole new world, really, of a way of thinking, a whole new way. It doesn't seem so new to me anymore, but it is, it is to most of the world. Yeah, well, and you know, for many of the people listening to this, they're not psychiatrists or psychologists and may or may not go see a therapist, but this is helpful for us just as we think about our families, even if there isn't a huge problem, even if um, there aren't a bunch of symptoms that we're trying to deal with, that just thinking about uh, a framework for how we see ourselves, how we see ourselves within our family, 
as well as how we're building up our family. Yeah. And um, and a lot of times people are just unaware of the stresses that are on them until they start to think about it. So it's definitely a thinking way of going. It's it's definitely thinking things through, observing. It's, it's kind of scientific, you know, looking around and seeing what's there in the system. Well, you know, is there anything that's upsetting me? What's upsetting me? I can I can think of one family. I can think of many families, but um, the child was cutting on herself. This parent had uh, she had a, a definite a huge anxiety about telling her um, things about her origin. Let's say it that way. So okay. um, when she finally got it got clear that that the mom that was the mother's anxiety. And she found a way to broach that with her child and have a calm conversation and, and get her own issues calmed down about it. Uh, all the cutting went away. Mm. Wow. And I mean, that seems like such a horrible problem. You know, how right, would that right. ever be? <laughs> it, it, it can be a kind of a simple resolution sometimes. Mm. And it, it, of course, it takes time and thought, a lot of thought. And, and as you said, Kathleen, a lot of um, honesty with self. Hmm. And I think, you know, as Kathleen mentioned, too, for me, um, family systems has been a huge light bulb over understanding the way my the way the the way that I bring anxiety into the family has enormous consequences. Um, That's a miracle. And so few of us are looking at that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think what, what so few people understand too is anxiety isn't this, this obvious thing that you can always see. It sometimes it's very subtle, but it has enormous influence over the relationships in the family. And so, you know, a, a case in point is, um, you know, let's just use a, a, maybe a stereotypical example of a dad who maybe feels very frustrated in his work. And of course, he can't take it out on his boss because if he does, he gets fired. Um, mm-hmm. You can't take it out on, you know, other people at work because he has to maintain that professional environment. And so he gets home and he's grumpy or he's tired or he's, you know, short tempered or whatever other symptoms might be. But, but that anxiety that he's bringing home that's created from his frustrations at work well, could have enormous consequences on his family that he doesn't even see, uh, directly. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's not, it's not a one to one, but it's very powerful. It is very powerful. It's subtle, but very powerful. And um, in the uh, seminar that I did with the pastors for all those years, there was one slide, and one of the participants kept telling me, Dr. Gilbert, that slide is worth the whole, all the years I've spent in this seminar. Nice. What slide? What it was, is it, was uh, it was like um, like little steps that were added on to each other. Of anxieties, one one could be well. Maybe my child isn't doing very well. Okay, so now I add another step onto that. I'm mm. not I'm not performing at work the way I should. Uh, and then I add another. So anxiety is cumulative. Mm. If you think we you know we think I I can um, compartmentalize it all, and, and you know over here I have this anxiety, and over here I have this anxiety. But no, they they accumulate. And so all of us have a breaking point 
where it accumulates to the point where we start to get symptoms or we start to pass it on to other people. Well, and, and you know, that's worth knowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's huge because again, you know, as you saw, the example of cutting is, of course, an extreme example, but, but, you know, family systems is not just how you deal with a quote unquote problem that's manifest in an extreme way. It's just how you understand human nature. And so if exactly. you want to talk about how to cultivate a healthy marriage or a healthy family, I, I believe you can't do that apart from thinking through family system dynamics. Exactly. And, I've been you know, watching you. In, in terms what, of anxiety, what? oh, sorry, as in terms of anxiety too, I think something that's really powerful um, that you, you hinted at a little bit, but I think we are so, um, I think, blind to because of the way we're trained to see ourselves in our cultures, how much, especially as parents, we, be, we bring into our, what well, we, we bring a potentially high amount of anxiety into that role and into our marriage as well because of our own family of origin, our own story. We transfer, exactly. I think we can transfer a tremendous amount of anxiety into our current family. So can you talk to that, about that a little bit and how that dynamic plays out? Yes. Um, you know, somebody I was listening to recently said, there isn't such a thing as a functional family. All families are dysfunctional. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's probably true. Uh, yeah. We all have, you know, all families have different levels of anxiety depending on how differentiated we are or how much of a self we can be in our systems mm. uh, without rubbing too many people the wrong way. Um, I think that um, every family system has a kind of an average level of anxiety that it carries along with it over the years. And, you know, it erupts from time to time, and some are more intense than others, and some are quite calm and, and appear to be functional. But mm. really, we all have our uh, our family anxieties that we, that we carry down. And as you point out, a lot of them we're really not aware of. What would be an example of how we um, carry anxiety from our own family of origin or from our parents and then into our lives, into our marriage, and then into our children and their lives. Oh, yeah. Well, one time I was, uh, one of the first things we do when people come in to consult is that we make a family diagram, which uh, Dr. Bowen taught us how to do that. He he really developed it and taught us how to do it. And um, so then we put dates and all the facts we can get about the family, the generations, the moves, the marriages, the divorces, Etc. Mm. So uh, one time uh, somebody came in with a child had a symptom. I don't remember what it was. And um, I noticed that the symptom developed right up after the time that the dad's mom had passed away. And I pointed that out. And he said, oh, that, that really doesn't have anything to do with it because, mm. <laughs> because, um, she didn't really know her very well. Oh, <laughs> but that wasn't really what I was pointing out. Is that I, I was pointing out the, the anxiety about that death had mm-hmm. passed to that child, and when he when he came to terms with that and he began to understand it and work with it, um, you know, it all resolved. But mm-hmm. had I had we not made that family diagram, probably wouldn't have been uncovered. 
so that's a really clear example in my mind of of how the how the anxiety is what's passed, not necessarily all the factual. I mean, the facts and the anxiety are, are passed along in the generations. Well, I think one way that I see it in a very general way among Christian parents, especially if they came out of a bad home life, I can actually see a lot of anxiety end up into into their marriage and family because they feel this really uh, internal pressure that, you know, they need to be a better parent. They need to have a better home, a better marriage, a better family. And that's good. But I think it can create a real sense of anxiety because, as you said, we're all dysfunctional. And I think there's a lot of pressure that parents feel and just working through those things. It's not easy. Right. It, it can be difficult. And uh, But the Christian parent does have a wonderful, has the Holy Spirit within. Yeah. And have, the Christian parent has a different focus after being born again having a spiritual emphasis in it, an emphasis on uh, Christ and what he's done for us, is just a huge relief to the problem. Can be. Mm. It can be if we use it. And if we remember to focus there. Now, if we keep focusing on the problem, the problem, the problem all the time, and don't give it up to the Lord, now that's that's a little bit different kettle of fish, isn't it? And it's so hard to give it up to the Lord, and then we tend to go take it back again. <laughs> right, yes. Something you write a lot about in your book is, is uh, I, I really enjoyed it too, was talking about cutoffs and how, you know, that's a huge red flag for you. In a way, you know, when parents have small children or new, or their own family, you know, their own husband or wife and kids, um, how do they balance those relationships with their, say, their own family of origin, you know, their mom and dad, and their brothers and sisters without without being too enmeshed with the old family or without kind of cutting off and um not remaining connected with the old family well i think you've answered your question (laughs) (laughs) how you do it you do it you connect you connect without without um getting too embroiled in the problem staying as calm as Trying to be the calmest one in the room, uh, making many visits. One day I was in class with Dr. Bowen, and he said, the day you become the best friend with your parents, that's the day you've got it made. Mm-hmm. And I almost, I just about fell off my chair because they were far from my best friends. Mm. <laughs> But I took him at his word, and I started to work on those relationships. Well, what a difference. What a difference. Wow, that's really... All I can can do is tell people, go for it, go to it, you know, uh, work on these relations, get coaching. Coaching helps greatly. And um, see what happens, because it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, I won't use the word magic. He used the word magic a bit, um, it's really quite amazing what happens when we do stay in touch with our generations and, um, you know, thoughtfully Hmm. and observantly, seeing seeing what we observe according to what he taught us about how systems act. Yeah, that was a great, great phrase about 
being becoming uh, friends with your parents and isn't that great as, as adults as an adult relationship yeah. between adults yeah and that's yes. a good point too about uh, remaining calm and and uh, uh, pursuing that relationship in that way yeah at the time I started this work I thought uh, my dad was kind of an old foggy fundamentalist <laughs> somebody who didn't <laughs> who didn't really get it. Mm. <laughs> It was Baptist minister uh, during half of his career. So anyway, that gives you a little perspective. Anyway, I started my work um, with my relationship with him and my mom. And um, it's not easy to get back in touch with one system when when one has been cut off as many years as I was. But Mm. um, it, it is quite amazing what happens. Uh, I would literally have to sometimes put it on my calendar, call dad, <laughs> mm. because uh, I really didn't want to. But then we would get into these wonderful conversations mm. about things. And, um, you know, we didn't solve the problems of the world, but <laughs> I think we <laughs> I think we solved a lot of things in our family. Mm-hmm. At least between, uh, certainly for me. And then I began to look forward to these Sunday evening discussions mm-hmm. and talks on the phone. And so it changed my life. I don't know. I, it's very hard to put into words what this kind of work, uh, connecting with one's system, does for one. Uh, it's a basic emotional level mm-hmm. that I think can be had in no other way. Well, and as an add-on to that, I think it's a kind of a principle within this theory that issues that arise in relationships can be best addressed and healed within those relationships. Is that correct? And exactly, like that's what you're talking about with your dad and exactly your right. Exactly right. The Freudian way would be to go into every little issue and to confront. And to bring up all the things that went wrong in childhood, blah, 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 blah. No, we don't do that. Mm. We do what we think is going to be better for the relationship over long term. And some things, uh, you know, are best just dropped and grown out of. I I think that, uh, you know, that's that just that alone is a message that a lot of us who are my age need to hear because I think it's very easy as you mentioned, you had to put it on your calendar to call your dad. And if we're being real, I think most people, my age at least, um, you know, because we have young kids, and we have our own families, so we have lots of excuses to just sort of write off those hard relationships from our own family. Um, and as you said, though, that the power of healing uh, when someone decides, I'm going to do what I can to to just build a relationship with them now and not ignoring the past, but also not spending forever just trying to dissect every little bit of it and psychoanalyze every little bit of it. The power of healing that someone can experience through that is can be transformational. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. Don't 
forget to subscribe to our channel using your preferred podcast app and join us again next week. Conversations for Life is a listener-supported ministry of Cross Life. Cross Life exists to equip and empower married couples and parents to cultivate life in the home. For more information and additional resources mentioned in today's episode, please visit our website, crosslifetoday.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Cross Life Resources, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, take care and God bless.